Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me that'll help you keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to find all the bargains. Coming up in a half hour, if you have a teenager who isn't behaving on his or her cell phone, well, there's a way you can take charge. You can take control, and you can do it by remote control. I'm going to tell you about it in just 30 minutes. Right now, I want to talk about something that is a stunner. Consumer Reports did a deep dive on data on what does it cost, really, if you follow that old advice of keeping a car 10 years or longer? Does the math really work? Are you sabotaging your own wallet or are you saving it? And I'm going to give you some numbers that are so clear that you'll have no doubt what to do in the future. Now, as far as what it costs to operate a vehicle, since most people keep a vehicle a very short ownership cycle, the cost of owning a sedan per month, you know, a passenger car, averages today a little over $5,000, just a hair over 5000 If you own, I'm sorry, 500 Did I say 5000 a month? A little over 500 a month. Well, that was an expensive sedan. What says that for a Rolls Royce or something? 500 a month. At least I catch my own mess up sometimes. But if you buy a, a sport utility vehicle, the cost per month is almost 800 So the passenger car costs about 500 a month for ownership. The SUV, around 800 a month. And a pickup truck, about 850 a month. And that's because the cost, initial cost of buying one is more expensive, the fuel is more expensive, the insurance is more expensive, the repairs are more expensive. I just it just costs more. But here's the real thing. Whatever it is you buy, whether it's a pickup truck, an SUV, or a passenger car, the real money is saved by keeping it on the road a long time. I have now, after extensive research, these numbers from Consumer Reports, what the average person who has a 10-year-old car, what he or she pays for maintenance and repairs for that 10th year of ownership. So what do you think? The lowest of any automaker is 300 and something dollars for the year average. You look at the big brands like Buick, 410 a year. Ford and Toyota, 420 a year. Lincoln 360, Chevrolet, Hyundai 435, Mazda and Kia 440, Honda 455. You getting the drill? Among luxury cars, the German ones, you start paying some meaningful money in that 10th year 
for maintenance and repairs, but still versus what they cost, insignificant amounts. Mercedes, $1,085. BMW, the most expensive of all brands, $1,125. Audi, $955. And third place, Jaguar, $905. So I guess I shouldn't have mentioned Mercedes first. I should have mentioned that BMW is the most expensive. But the point is, the typical car in or truck or SUV in the 10th year of ownership will have a cost on average somewhere between five and $600 for that whole year for maintenance and repairs. So there'll be some that'll have a blown engine. There'll be some that have a major transmission repair. But the point is you tire of your car before it tires of serving you. And the longer you hold it, the longer you own it, the less money it costs you per month to have that vehicle on the road. So think about it and think about your wallet. And if you're looking at buying an older used car, in the September issue of Consumer Reports magazine, there's a chart showing the most reliable of all the vehicles sold in the country, the ones if you want to have them on the road, quarter million miles, the ones that are going to serve you well doing that. Eddie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Eddie. How are you? Hello, Clark. Thank you for the time. Certainly, Eddie. You are a saver at work, and I'm happy to hear that. Thank you. I try to save. I want to retire and be happy. Very good. So how can I be of service when you're already doing the most important part of it, you're saving money? Well, Clark, I, um, so this is a new job that I got with a nonprofit organization. Uh, prior, I worked with a university where we had a 403B plan to, through Tia Crest. I know you love Tia Crest. But my new company has American funds as a 403B. Is it worth it to invest the match? They give a 4% here. Yeah, American funds is a good company. Uh, they offer... Uh, a good variety of funds that are very well respected. They are uh, a moderate cost fund house. They're not going to be cheap like Tia Kref. But if you at least put into the plan at the nonprofit up to where you grab all the match money, that would be where you'd want to start. And then the priority from there would come setting up your own Roth IRA that you could fund outside of what your employer does. And so you'd have the money you're putting into the employer plan, grabbing all the match, and then everything else you do, doing one of the low-cost choices, like on my investment guide in the Roth IRA. How much money are you in a position to save each year? Well, right now I'm trying to get to the match, the 5500 I mean, sorry, uh, the 5500 limit. Um, I'm probably going to stick to that for a while while I'm finishing off paying loans. Okay, that's great. So, um, and you'll pick up all the match money at that $5,500 figure? Correct. Yeah, so you're doing a great thing. And just keep doing that. Once you've paid off those debts, then I'd like you to look at doing the Roth IRA. Should I roll over my money from my previous employer? Definitely not. 
if your previous employer plan is Tia Cref, you don't want to mess with that. Because, oh, they don't call it Tia Cref anymore. Now they just call it Tia. With Tia, okay. I mean, it, they are the lowest cost provider of 403B plans. And so you want to leave that money where it is and let it continue to do its thing at in the old employer account. Great. That's good to know. And continued success paying down those debts and saving money. And I'm excited that you're picking up the employer match and popping money in for retirement at the same time as you're working to get rid of your debts. Erica's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Erica. Hi. Erica, you're getting a scholarship. Yes, I am. What did you do to earn a scholarship? So, um... So it's a scholarship that was, it, they do it internationally, and I applied, and I also have a um, charity called Girls in Action, and we teach girls between the ages of 8 and 12 how to become leaders in their community, and so I applied with that, and I do a lot of other um, community work. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and um, I do a lot of other youth advocacy in our city and violence prevention advocacy in our city. And, um, wait, Erica, how old are you? I'm 16. Wait, wait, 16. You've got it so together and you're so focused on your community that you're doing all these things while you're just working on your own schoolwork as well. Yeah, (laughs) I have a nice balance, I like to think. (laughs) Well, I am so impressed with you. Thank you. How can I be of service to you? Because it sounds like you spend your waking hours being of service to others. (laughs) Um, Well, I just had a few questions about my scholarship money. So I got $5,000 in scholarship money, and um, I was just wondering what's, like, the best way for future scholarships that I may be able to obtain. Like, what's the best way that I can divvy it out, and what should I do with it until college? Because I'm only going to be a junior. So they go ahead, no strings attached, they've sent you the $5,000 or they've just promised you you'll get it when you enter college? They sent me the check already, so I have the check. But My goodness. Wow. All right, so my favorite thing for you to do with it is to open something known as a 529 account. Okay. And that way you put the money aside, you stash it for college it can continue to grow for college and then whatever growth it has between now and when you'd use it in your college years the whatever money it grows is tax-free to you okay so uh, what's that how do i start the account what is you said a 529 529 and so okay i have on uh on my website at clark.com I have a guide that explains 529s, and you mentioned you're from Wisconsin. Wisconsin has one of the plans available in Wisconsin is now one of my very favorites in the country. So when you go to the guide, you'll be able to click on my Wisconsin link, and it'll take you right to the information you'll need to be able to enroll and put that money into safekeeping and get some growth out of it over the next few years before you end up starting to use it for college. Okay. Now, because you're 16, 
you'll have to have a trusted adult be the owner of the account, possibly, instead of yourself. You'll have to see what the rules are in Wisconsin, but you'll see that when you click on to opening the account. Okay, and you said that that's on your website, clubs.com. Right, and so you just put in the search box 529 plan, and there'll be some ads that pop up, and then below that you'll see my, the link to my plan guide, and it'll explain to you how the plans work, and then all the links to the best plans in America, of which Wisconsin, which used to not even offer a good plan, now has one of the best there is. Okay. Cool. Thank you so much. And you keep serving people, Erica. I'm very, very impressed with everything you told me right when you went on the air. Matthew joins us here on the Clark Howard Show. And Matthew, you've got some exciting stuff happening in your life, don't you? Uh, I do. I do. Yes, I do. Thank you. What's going to happen yeah. in your world? Uh, well, I'm, I'm getting ready to propose. Yeah. All I'm right. Not. She going to say yes? I, I, I'm sure she will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to both of you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. How can I be of service? Well, I, uh, I'm calling because I... Um, Obviously, you know, getting ready to propose. And so at the same time, I need to build credit. So I'm wondering if, is, um, what do you think about, should I uh, apply for a credit card and, and buy the ring and then pay it off, you know, before that, before that balance that month? Um, you know, or should I just pay it in cash? Uh, so do you, do you have, you tell me what credit you have right now. Um. Uh, the only credit I have is some student loans, and um, and and that's it. I don't, you know, first time I don't I don't have a credit card or anything. Have you checked to see what your credit score is? Uh, I used uh, Credit Karma, and I think it was I think it was like six seventy or something. Right now, six seventy is okay, but not fantastic. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I would like for you to look at getting. Uh, a credit card, a Visa or MasterCard, it'll be a, or could be Discover, it'll be a, a somewhat low balance card, but I would, as far as using that as the way to buy the ring, I'm not so sure that's really where I'd like you focused right now. I'd okay. like you also to go back to Credit Karma after we talk, sign into your um, your platform there, and it'll walk you through what things you're going to need to do to raise your score they also will have a list they get paid to put up this list if people respond to it but they'll put up a list of what credit cards you're likely to be approved for based on your credit score i I did i uh i saw the there's a capital one journey which is a student card grab it um if they think that you can can get one of the capital one cards go ahead and get it and this is very good timing on your part because the credit card companies are seeing more charge-offs right now, and there's no question that later this year they're going to start um, going to tighter credit standards on issuing cards. Uh, so you want to get one while the getting's good. Okay. Uh, also, my, I was at my bank the other day, and they recommended a secure uh, credit card. That would be that's a last option. 
If you can get one like this Capital One card you talked about, the Journey, I'm not familiar with that card, but if you can get one that's just a regular old credit card, you want that. A secured card, you only want to go that route if you're out of other options. Okay. So if you've got a path you think you can get one that's a regular card, please do that. And then as far as charging on it, you're on to something with you said you said I'm charge on it and then pay it before the bill comes out. That's mm-hmm. a great idea because that gives a hyper boost to your credit score. And so if you can arrange your finances where you use a card and before even that month's statement closes, you send in the money to pay the outstanding charges, it takes your credit score as high as it possibly could be in the short term. Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where you learn how to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. Clark.com slash ask, where you go to ask questions of me. If you just want to get a question answered, well, we're here to serve you with that as well. You can talk with a member of Team Clark nine hours each weekday. It's a free service of the Clark Howard Show. When you go to Clark.com, scroll down the main screen, and you'll see the number and hours that free off-the-air advice is available for you. You ever experience something where a kid is failing to respond to you? You are calling your child and they don't answer the phone. You're texting your child and they don't respond to your text. Well, let me tell you, as a parent, I have experienced this. So I was very interested in an app that a dad has created that puts a parent in charge if a kid puts the parent on ignore. We have a good family friend whose teenage son just somehow never gets around to responding to a parent's message. So what they do is, what's the best way to let a teen know that's not okay? You take their phone away. Unless you can virtually take it away before you even see them the next time. And that's the idea of an app called Reply ASAP. Available right now for Android for free. iPhone version not ready yet. But what it does, Reply ASAP, shuts down your child's phone. And what's fun is if your kid has it on silent or vibrate, it puts out a loud alarm. <laughs> The teenager has to respond. So the app doesn't get great reviews. Probably teenagers have been going on the Google Play Store and posting bad reviews. I'm looking right now. It gets two stars out of five on Google Play. So probably all the five-star reviews are from parents. All the one-star reviews are from teenagers. But teenagers... Hear me on this. 
having a cell phone, I know this is weird to say, a cell phone is a privilege, not a right. And if your parent, who is the boss in your life, if your parent calls you or texts you, answer that call, respond to that text. Do not respond while you're driving. That's a valid excuse. But you're not driving for five hours. Respond to the text. I love what our friends do, though. They just take the phone away. (laughs) That's another way to do it. You know how you could really put a child in purgatory is if they're not being a good correspondent, give them a phone that's a dumb phone that won't even send and receive texts. Put them on a plan like Khajiit and don't give them texting or something. And then you always know where they are, too, if they have a Khajiit phone. K-A-J-E-E-T. Is Khajiit still around? I'm talking about Khajiit, like, yeah, Khajiit's here. Khajiit. What do you think, Joel? Still there? Yeah, they're still there. Okay, so Khajiit is a great way for you to control what your kid does on a phone and also for you to always know their exact location. You also, if you have a kid who seems to wander away, oh no. They're Joel, there. right on it, yeah. but not for much longer. Not for much longer. So forget Khajiit. Because you had a funny look on your face when you said, yes, they were there, and then you kind of had a look like... I clicked through, and then there's a special message on their website. you got to click are going through about away. cell phone plan changes. Okay. All right. So here's the other alternative. There are a number of apps that you can download to an iPhone or Android where you always know where your kid is. And so there are situations that's great to have. So... Fortunately, my kids are perfect. I'd never have to deal with anything like this. Right. All right. Evan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Evan. Hello, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Evan. So you have a television question for me. I do. I currently uh, stream, and I was recently approached by a gentleman trying to sell a service with a supposed one-time fee and no charges after that. And it just sounded like one of those <laughs> That does not compute. So what exactly. the buddy approached you with, or whoever it no, was... Somebody I didn't know. ...sells you a box that they usually sell for between 300 and $500. Right. And what this box does is it pirates television. That's what it sounded like to me. And I, yet I did find a website for that particular uh, service. And you probably would find that that website was registered in some foreign country. You'd have to look at a map to find where it was. But okay. the, the idea of pirating TV, there are people who are just ecstatic that they can steal TV. But the reality is this is no different than when people so heavily stole music uh, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, I remember that. I'm old enough to <laughs> so, remember that. So, yes, you could, uh, you could, let's use the term, get away with it if well, you wanted I, to, but it's not a legit deal. Okay. 
Now, okay. you know, the difference with music, you know how music killed the pirates? Yeah. They did it by offering the free music services like Pandora, you know, with the freemium thing where you get Pandora free and then if you want more, you pay for it. And then Spotify that offered such a superior music experience. And for families, you know, Spotify costs $3 a month. And so the price points got to the point that people were like, well, you know, that stealing was nice, but that's not much money to pay to being legit. And so the music scene moved overwhelmingly to uh, no more pirating. The, what's happened in televisions, television is really exposed right now because the price points for monthly service have gotten out of hand. And, you know, the average person pays now a little over $100 a month for pay TV. And that's just too tempting for people that they're willing to take a chance on using these pirate boxes to avoid paying 100 plus a month. So the alternative, if you're tempted by something like that, but you're like, nah, I really don't want to get into that pirate thing, is look at some of the streaming options that are available now. As an example, Sling.com starts as little as $20 a month. It certainly is not Spotify's $3 a month, but $20 is not terrible compared to what most people pay for pay TV, and you're actually paying for what you're using. Elliot is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Elliot. Hello. So, Elliot, you're thinking of joining me in electric vehicle land. Yes. Well, you will never regret it. Okay. Um, My dilemma is um, whether or not to wait for the 2018s to come out that will get better um, mileage on the charge, which I'm figuring should drop the price of the previous models. Ah, so which vehicle are you looking at as an 18? Uh, The Leaf. The Nissan Leaf. You know, I own one of the original Leafs that was sold in the United States. It's seven years old. Okay. And the range on it is pitiful. Um, right. I get, if I'm lucky, going downhill, <laughs> I can go like 55 miles on a charge. Right. So, but the but the advantage of the older Leafs is you can buy one used right now for average price. I think is somewhere around eight thousand dollars. Right. And with without a lot of miles on them. So okay. if you buy a new one. Even with tax credits, you'll end up paying somewhere uh, upper 20s. Right. So how much range do you actually need for your typical driving pattern? I'm thinking that the um, 16 or the 17 will work since they get uh, a range closer to 100. So if you can make the range of... 90 to 100 miles work for you, and the LEAF really is getting that. I don't know the answer to that, if it really is for the 16s and 17s. Then buying used is just a no-brainer. Okay. Not not a model year clearance on them, a used one. No, right. Yeah, because the used ones, 
actually in the car market today, the best deal in America is buying a used Nissan Leaf. Okay. Because they got outrun so much by the by the um, improvements that came with the um, with the Chevy with the Bolt that the used Leafs just have no market value, and that's why the new Leaf is going to have significantly better range, and that's why the used ones, gosh, what a steal of a deal, and they cost like nothing to run either, Elliot, once you have one. Cedra is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Cedra. Hi, Clark. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Pleasure to have you along as well. You want to talk uh, a cuss word, and I want people with with small children to know (laughs) that you're about to use a cuss word on the air. Okay, I just don't want the uh, the horns to blow up. (laughs) Okay, I won't. I won't do any nasty sounds. Okay. Well, I know about variable annuities. We got into oh, wait a minute. Oh, you just hurt me. But we we don't we don't have that anymore. And then recently, um, I just was I read a book about fixed index annuities. And then I you're not going to let me hit one of the sounds on that. (laughs) No, please don't. But they're worse. They're worse than variable annuities. All right. And I thought you'd probably say that, but uh, you know, you read the books and they're like this and that, and they didn't want you to put all your money in it. They just said, you know, a portion of it. Oh, so for me, doing a fixed index annuity, the Uh amount I'd be happy you putting in is zero pennies. Okay. Okay. Well, Uh, there is one annuity though, that actually is not a curse word. Okay. It's what's called a uh, life annuity. All right. Where when the time comes to retire, you have an annuity that basically it becomes like a pension. It, you give a sum of money and then it pays you a check every single month for the rest of your life. You'll never hear insurance salespeople talk about them because the commissions on them are almost zero. So they don't pay off for them in the industry selling them. But for you, it's an annuity that pays off. And wait, I got I got a bonus for you. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. There's even another annuity that I can say and not be cussing. Okay. It's called a longevity annuity. And this is a brilliant idea. So okay. the way it works is that nobody ever knows how long they're going to live. Right. So you hit retirement and you're like, how am I going to get this money to last as long as I'm going to live when I don't know if I'm going to live another year or another 30 years or 40 years or whatever, right? Right. Right. So this is just so brilliant. It, it, you buy it when you hit retirement, but it doesn't pay any money at all till you're 85 years old. Okay. And then at 85, the insurance company knows not a lot of people are going to make it to 85, so they can afford to pay you a huge monthly benefit based on the premium you pay when you retire, and that way you never have to worry about you're going to outlive your money you just set up with all the money you've saved. You can even run out of every penny of it when you're 84 years old, 84 years, 11 months, 29 days, <laughs> and then it will take care of you the rest of the way. But other than those two annuities, all the rest are hogwash. Nathan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing? 
Good. How are you doing, Clark? Great, thanks. You have a question for me that's not a fair question because this is one on which I have a deep-seated bias. Right. Um, so I am with a uh, company right now with my mutual funds and Roth IRA that charges a 1.2% um, fee to use them. Wow. And I'm just, yeah, um, I'm trying to figure out um, a different company that charges far lower, um, but I'm not sure where I could go with that. So which you're thinking of Vanguard, is that what you're not saying? Yes. Okay, so Vanguard, the funny thing about them is their average expense on their average fund is now down to 0.11, which is, was that 111th of what you're paying right now? Right. And so over time, what happens is that having that 1% advantage with Vanguard versus who you're with now, the people you're with, they're not going to out-earn year after year 1% more than you would in Vanguard. So over the years, you end up with a lot more money. And 1% difference may seem insignificant to uh, others listening to you and me right now, Nathan, but the reality is a 1% expense ratio difference over the decades ultimately leads to a massive additional amount of money that you have for your future that they don't have. So if you're asking me, and you're young, right? Yeah, I'm 25. At 25, the advantage over a working lifetime of being with Vanguard instead of an ultra-high-cost company, like you said, 1.2%? Correct. Yeah. I, I would say that that every single day of the week, you would want to be with Vanguard. Right. Um, and with, with I looked at with Vanguard, um, you need to have a certain amount of money before you get a, um, like a manager or someone who looks after your money. That was another thing I didn't know what would be. Well, you know, they've, as far as guidance or advice, if you start off in like a target retirement fund till you build up a meaningful amount of money, you will get to a meaningful amount of money and you won't need that personal advice yet anyway. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet and they're on a variety of consumer items, check out ClarkDeals.com.